Life is one big head game. Uh, so this is the One Big Head Game podcast where our goal is to change people's lives in a positive way using the power of their mind. You know, that's why we have you on. Yeah. This is Jacob Fuchs. He's kind of a big deal in the industry. He's a, uh, a high producing uh, roofing sales representative. Um, but really, you know, he, he operates his own shop. He's a 1099 contractor. Um, so he's certainly a business owner himself and he owns his own business, self-employed. Um, but he is a very, very good, uh, rep. He's very good at what he does. And, uh, and the reason I wanted to talk to you, I thought it was a good idea is because, um, certainly you have gone through a lot to get where you are. Yeah. Um, and what we want to do is we want to talk about those different things, those steps from when you started in the industry or started as a young man, you know, how you developed and how you got over the many different challenges that you've dealt with, uh, mentally. So oh, it's man. all about the mind and, and what, what our listeners or what I specifically want to know about is how you geared your mind and trained your mind to become the person that you are, to achieve what you achieve and, uh, and all of that stuff. So this that's is awesome. Jacob Fuchs. We're in Atlanta, Georgia right now, and, uh, and that's where he lives. Born and raised, um, one of the few. And, really, one of the few. Okay, born interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, just we'll, we'll talk about those things that we were just talking about. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. You're born and raised here, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. So my name is Jacob Fuchs. Um, my last name get people get confused all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is Fuchs. It's also Fox, and so Fuchs is just the uh, Jewish German pronunciation of Fox. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So, so it, it it means Fox. It means Fox. That so makes we, sense. So with our his accent, nickname is Fox. Yes. All right. And so with right. our accent, we would just say the word Fuchs. Yeah. So that's okay. the with um, where my family's from. That'd be the proper way to say it. We in America would say Fuchs, but it's Fuchs, like okay. Fox. Fuchs. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so born and raised here in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, the son of a door-to-door salesman. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Didn't know that. Yes, sir. I was born and raised, um, you know, under a salesman's household. Yeah. That's all my dad did. And I remember his first job was Total Imaging was the company he worked for, and he sold ink cartridges over the phone. So telemarketer. Okay. He would call businesses, and I would listen to him all day long. Yeah. And he would call in. He was very intelligent on how he did it, too. Yeah. He would call in my guests. I don't, I don't remember fully. Sure. But sure. I remember him putting You're on an accent. Yeah. And having a different name. Yeah. And so he would also be the competitor calling in. So when yeah. he sold it and called again as a different person on a different phone, it sounded like a better deal and he would close more deals. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty smart. Yeah, that's smart. And um and eventually from that, ink cartridges didn't become as big as the deals they were in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And it kind of moved where he got into cable sales. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. So my dad worked for Comcast Xfinity for a long time and that's what he did most of my childhood. Yeah. And he took me door to door with him all the time. And he mainly worked apartment he used complexes. He to close deals, probably. He, he used me to double his footprint and yeah. close deals. Yeah, okay. So he got a work phone from Comcast. Yeah. And he got to hold on to his work phone because legally I couldn't hold his work phone. But he yeah. would give me his personal phone. Yeah. And so he would say, knock these doors, hand out this pamphlet. Yeah. If somebody seems interested, call my phone and I'll yeah. walk over and I'll close the rest of the deal. Yeah. So we're knocking two doors at once. And yeah. of course, I was free labor. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, he was yeah. doubling his footprint and he yeah. was the number one in the country. My yeah. dad was the top Comcast sales door-to-door guy. And, yeah. that's, and eventually, when I turned 16, old enough to get the job, mm-hmm. I did the same job. Yeah, interesting. And so, so you started, you did that? I did. did that? I was a subcontractor for Comcast, not direct employee. Gotcha. 
And then I became a direct employee of Comcast. Um, I did it so long um, that I actually became Comcast's number one door-to-door closer in the country. So okay. I, I helped launch home security for Xfinity when okay. they brought it to Atlanta. But I guess one of the biggest life-changing things was um, sales became very, very simple for me. But when you're growing up, you have the average distractions of a teenager, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. You know, I wanted to play sports like the other kids, or I wanted to go out and do party events and all the other fun things that kids were doing at yeah. that time. Yeah. And my dad implemented me how important it was to stay focused on the grind. Mm-hmm. And I would say a lot of my success derives from my father's teachings because there's a lot of times where I just had simple ignorance as a kid. And what kid doesn't? Yeah. And I always was very respectful to my father, but he had direct, he had smart restrictions on me. Yeah. And there were certain of nights I just couldn't go out. And like, let's say it was prom night. My dad didn't want me driving out because my dad looked at me. He goes, I'm not getting that phone call. My yeah. dad's not getting that call of another kid driving drunk and hitting me. Yeah. He, and he would say that. Yeah. Um, and so growing up with certain restrictions, I learned a certain level of discipline. Mm-hmm. But there were still times I gained away. From, I stepped away from that discipline. And one of the most, one of the most, I would say, things I fall back on in my memory is this one time my dad says, hey, Jacob, I need you to go outside and chop up some wood. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, sir, just doing my job. I'm like, that's my job to do. So I go outside and chop it. And my dad walks outside of his office and he goes, I can hear the sound of that ax is slinging that you're not hitting that wood properly. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've swung at this log like three times. It just won't break. Mm-hmm. And he grabs the ax from my hand swings at it once and the thing I hit like three times and did nothing broken into like five pieces when he hit it and he looks at me and he hands me the axe and he goes do you know why I was able to break this log and you weren't he goes Jacob I've had three back surgeries I'm a type 2 diabetic I'm at the time I'm 40 something years old you're 16 do you know why you couldn't do this he's like you did what everyone else does you said yes you went out and did it but you didn't want to do it He looked at me and said, you're great at everything you want to do, but you're bad at the things you don't want to do. And what separates you from life and everyone else is being the best at what you don't want to do. Yeah. And that humbled me. And I held on to that. And I'll be one of the biggest memories I remember from my father. Yeah. And I was furious. I never, I never missed a log since. Like I'm going to break it every time. Yeah. Um, and so I carried that discipline into the work field. I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming in first place. And I, I saw that in my father and it meant a lot to me to honor him in that way. And he taught me, you're not just honoring me, you're honoring God. Yeah. God doesn't want lazy people. <laughs> he, he cares about discipline. He really does. Mm-hmm. And I'm also caring about the people that I work with out of respect for the t- those I work with, whether it be Dom or Sarah or anybody else. What is the biggest respect I can show to those people? Mm-hmm. What is my biggest gratitude and thank you? Yeah. It's giving them performance. Yeah. What's the biggest gratitude I can show my family is care, provision, and protection. So it's performance. Yeah. When my wife walks into a restaurant or like we were at dinner last night, someone at the dinner table, we were at uh, Kevin Rathburn Steakhouse and someone said, are you Jacob's Katie? Yeah. And they just saw me on social media yeah. and I want them to be proud of what they see and not the negative You're not, and you know have something to carry out. So I want... I'm a five foot four man and I have a joke. I say, I want to be the tallest man in the room. Yeah. Not out of arrogance or pride or anything like that. I just want to carry myself in a way where my family's proud. 
a father's proud. And there's a phrase, remember who you are and whose you are. Mm-hmm. And I want to represent everywhere I go, this is Frazier's guy. This mm-hmm. is Katie's husband. Mm-hmm. This is Brooklyn's dad. Mm-hmm. This is so-and-so's friend. This is so-and-so's brother. And those were just important things I held on to when I go into the field. Yeah, that's very interesting. I didn't, obviously, I didn't know that yeah. about you. And that makes a lot of sense to me, you know, because I, I know that you are a high producer, everything that I said on the, uh, the intro, but I don't know why. You know, and that's what I want to know. I want to know what makes you tick and what uh, brings you there. You know, besides just, you know, uh, uh, what a lot of people who are high produce, you know, maybe it's ego. You just want to win all those things. And and sure, we all have those feelings. But um, the methodology as to to how you do that is important. And that's what a lot of people don't know. You know, they may have the desire to win. They, everybody has a desire to be good at something, right? Absolutely. Um, but uh, the methodology with their mind as to how to get there is the important part. And that's a that's a really big piece that you put there uh, with doing the things, not only doing the things that you don't want to do, but really taking pride in doing those things well. That's something I haven't heard a lot about, you know? It makes the difference for it sure. It sure does. It sure does. And uh, and I haven't really thought about that in my personal life that much, so that's really good for me. Um, so you were at Comcast, um, and how did you get into construction or roofing in general? All right, so how did you get into that? What, what happened there? And how long has it been? I got um, – I was in the cable industry for – man – I had to, I would say I probably did that for 10 years. Wow. Okay. Cable, internet, phone, home security. And it was sales. It was sales. We doing the pure sales, stuff, pure commission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, but I grew up around people in construction for a long time. Okay. And so, and I've always been a student, so I, I paid attention. I learned a lot. I like to study a good bit, but I lost my job at Comcast and everyone in my office did. Mm-hmm. They fired every sales manager everything my boss lost his job the same mm-hmm. time i did it was just like a big a big just like let everyone go moment mm-hmm. uh part of the reason i was like go is because my office we got too i would say too smart for our own good like we've yeah. learned better yeah. ways to create sales and they realized it was getting too easy for us and they thought hey look we don't have a need for this department because these guys are getting them so easily so i try to think outside the box so i knew when somebody bought a new house, they had to sign up their cable internet, home phone, home security. So I thought, well, how do I target these people? I'm going to go to every yeah. U-Haul in Atlanta. And if somebody picks up a U-Haul, I'm going to give them a new discount for transferring the cable and internet and home security to their new house. And genius. Oh man, it just, yeah, it popped in. So I sat at my home playing Call of Duty all day making sales. Yeah. It was great. I had partners who golfed all day and they were making well over six figures a year just playing golf because they learned tricks of the trade mm-hmm. and so when comcast was like man these guys are getting sales too easily we probably don't even need this department we yeah. could probably do this another way and they yeah. let the whole sales department yeah. go <laughs> shout so, out to comcast <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. so um my good friend's father owned a big atlanta business they're very successful here and he knew i was good at sales and he said how about I bring you into home energy sales and I'll send you to BPI school. It's building performance school. And he said, I'll teach you everything. I'll cover schooling. I'll do all that. And you just come work for me and we'll, and we'll create a job for you to kind of replace me going out into the field and selling every day. 
He said, but the first thing I'm going to do is put you on the work truck. Yeah. So I went from making well over six figures at a young age. Like I'm talking about I was 19, 20 years old. I was mm-hmm. doing really good for a 19, 20 year old kid. Um, and I was throwing bags of insulation into a hopper mm-hmm. making 150 bucks a day, maybe a hundred. I don't even remember it. Maybe a hundred, 150 bucks a day. Basically it was a huge pay cut. It was very humbling, but I knew my mentality. And I said, I always believed my dad could mop floors at McDonald's and make six figures because he would find a way to do it. And I'm like, I'm going to take this and I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to turn this into a high selling job. So going from putting bags in a hopper and blowing attic insulation and then learning home energy and crawl spaces and ducts and all that kind of stuff, I ended up getting into the sales side while going through school. And I took that job and I turned that into a well over six figure job. Mm -hmm. Um, As that began to take place, one thing I loved to do as a hobby was working out. And so a lot of people knew I was at sales and guys saw me in the gym and what attracts roofers, Mm -hmm. gym and sales. I don't know why that is, but, and so I kept running into roofers all the time, begging me to get into the industry. Yeah. And I would say no. Why? Because I was happy. You had a plan. I had a plan. Too. I was making sales. And I knew that I was working with a company with integrity. And if I sold something, it was going to get done. Mm-hmm. I didn't have questions about it. Mm-hmm. And my name and my reputation was important to me. So I'm like, I'm not going to jump ship to something I've never done before. When my family's taken care of, I'm taken care of. Yeah. There's nothing wrong here. Yeah. And do something new. Yeah. And so that job that I had learned that I was making sales in a certain volume and they thought, Hey, look, because I had to deal with them. They said, here's our cost of materials and here's the cost for this particular job. Anything you sell it over that amount will pay you 70% of whatever you sold it over for. Yeah. So if something costs a baseline, exactly. So if something was a thousand bucks and I sold it for 2000, I would make an extra 700 bucks on top of my commission on that first thousand dollar sale. So I was making good money. I found a way to make good money doing it. And when the company saw, man, he's selling at this rate. Why don't we just change all this money? Mm-hmm. I was making more than the owner, I think. Yeah. And they thought, well, let's just change our prices to this if he's selling it at this. And yeah. we're going to save a lot more money. Yeah. And so my cut went down. Yeah. And I was selling more than I'd ever sold, but making less than I yeah. ever made. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, this is a little backwards. And then I was like, let me just try out the roofing thing. But when I first heard it, and that was a year and a half before I jumped in, mm-hmm. I had heard about roofing. And I studied it. I was on YouTube. I was learning everything. I was watching these guys sell roofs out of their trucks, cars. I was watching videos of Becker Switzer, all the people that were doing it in the very beginning. Like I was watching all their training videos because I wasn't going to jump in dumb. I had to jump in with a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. So I finally went to my first roofing meeting and they said, our Monday morning meeting is at this time. Come out here, et cetera, et cetera. And I walked in. And I was the only sales rep there besides one person. And they had a company of 25 sales guys. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was, this owner's not respected. There's yeah. a reason behind it. I'm not going to work for this company. Who doesn't show up to a meeting? Yeah. And, and he had breakfast out there for everybody. I'm like, but if they're going to no-show on the owner, yeah. what does that tell me about the owner? Yeah. So I decided not to work for that company. Yeah. And I waited a few more months, kept doing the job that I had. And I, this guy comes up to me. He's like, telling you, dude, this is a great company. I walked in. Full office. The owner's like, hey, man, I'll give you a truck. Um, I believe in you, and I'll even give you a base salary just for your first few weeks. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. If you're willing to do that for me, I'm willing to go the extra mile for you. And from there, roofing took off. 
it just launched. Mm-hmm. And I went out every single day, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, looking at, I would call my buddies and I would send them a, like FaceTiming them on a roof. Like, mm. What am I looking at? Yeah, I have yeah, yeah. no idea. Yeah. And like, oh, that has hail. I'm like, I don't even see it. You see yeah. it in the photo. I don't have a clue what I'm looking at. But I was hungry to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I got to do video chat, if I got to use a homeowner's ladder, I was driving a Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have a clue, but it, but I had grit. Because mm-hmm. when I was selling Comcast, I could use a Camry. It was fine. Yeah. It's a fine car. Um, and I sold my first million in roof in a Toyota Camry. Yeah. And it just it just picked up. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh so that's where you started, you know. So you that's probably at that point you gathered a baseline of like you sized it up. You know, you obviously had a little bit of success. If you can get for the people that don't know, you know, a million dollars in say I would assume that's all residential. It's all residential. residential. Yeah. yeah. So a million dollars uh in residential sales equals how many roofs? When I first started by yeah. eighty five. 85 a year. 85 roofs back then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about uh, um, uh, seven roofs a month. Mm-hmm. Okay, seven roofs a month. Um, that's good. That's obviously a very good standard for the roofing community. For anybody that doesn't know, um, if you could do a million dollars in sales, you're a top rep kind of thing. Yes, know? at that moment, you were a top rep. Today, 1.6, you're a top rep, yeah. I would say. But still, a million is still a uh, oh, respectable yeah, number. Oh, yeah, sure. who's not going to take a million-dollar producer? Yeah, yeah. I would sure. say that 80% of roofers are not million-dollar producers. That's right. Yeah. That's why it is. you're not a top, top rep, you know, but that's you have figured out at that point how to sell roofs and how to do it efficiently, how, to, get, how to liaison between jobs and and get them done in the right way and get referrals. And you're not going to get the referrals if you don't really know what you're doing with the sales process or the build process. Absolutely. So you have figured out at that point um, how to do a good job in roofing. Yes, sir. So where did you get – so you're doing well above that now. How long ago was that when you hit that first million, when you got got, uh, 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 your feet – under you in roofing. How I think it was five that? years ago, four, five or years? Five, four or five years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So what did you do there? Okay. So after that year's over, you realize that you're a million dollar producer. What did that do to you mentally? Man, i tell you did what. Did you pat yourself on the back? Did you say, did you, I mean, that's okay. Did you pat you? You said, okay, I got a hang of this. Like, um, did you say that's not nearly enough? I could go way far. You know, what was your state of mind when you figured out that you were a million dollar producer at that point? Everyone told me that was like the threshold to get yeah, to. Yeah. Build, sell it, and collect a million. Yeah. And there's a difference in all three of those. Build, sure. sell it, and collecting. Yeah. Collecting a million. Back then, um, is it okay if I put it into a commission standard for people who don't know? Yeah, I want you okay, to educate. Cool. Because there's plenty so, of people who are not going to know anything about this. Um, I would say for a lot of companies, there are companies who do 10% thresholds, and they may be offering their sales reps more help. Yeah. But uh, in a company where the sales rep's doing a lot of the footwork, I would say a million dollars back then was making one hundred and ninety to two hundred and ten thousand dollars a year. That's mm-hmm. great money. For okay? sure, that's way more money than the average person. Makes. For sure, that's a great living. Yeah, and you're your own boss. You work your own hours and your own time. Who yeah. doesn't want to like? And you don't have to have a college easy, degree. Though. Not easy, though. Not easy to do. <laughs> what you just said yeah. sounds like oh, you just do whatever you want. Yeah. You know? No, it's very very hard. Yeah. But nonetheless, you do have that flexibility. Absolutely, yeah. you do. And so when I when I hit the million, I felt good that everyone thought that was a big threshold to hit. But in my mind, I'm like, I, I've always been able to beat that. And mm-hmm. I'm going, I can do better. Yeah. Absolutely, I can do better than that. And it was never anyone else's goals. I always had my own goals. I remember saying to Katie last week, I can outsell everyone in the, in the state. But if I don't hit my goal, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. It does not matter. Yeah. I set myself a goal and a standard to do. 
And if I know I could have done it and I didn't do it, I'm not happy. Yeah. So I felt good <laughs> about the million, but in my mind, I'm like, this could be better. The systems yeah. could be better. So, so, uh, did you find were you hooked when you found out? I was like, okay, I I did a million dollars, and this is the units of work that I put in to get it. Yeah. Did you realize then that it was probably for you as a sales oriented person that was the 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 uh, the highest use of your time as a salesperson in roofing specifically? Did you realize that, or do you it, do you still think that maybe there's other ways to make better money or something? I think there's ways. I'm always Certainly. thinking about ways. So I'm yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. I'm always brainstorming. I brainstormed the whole way here. I almost yeah. never listen to music. I'm driving and I'm yeah, brainstorming the whole time. I rarely do. Or or like uh, instrumental music, you know? Yes. Not like a bunch of words, more just like a, a, a vibe going yes. on. That's what I do. And that's why I was playing that audio where the guy was like, it's not over until I win. Yeah, like, yeah, I played yeah. that on the way here. I was telling you about <laughs> yeah. it earlier. It's like and a I mantra. Played, dude, I played it. And it's a 20-second clip, but I played it 40 times. Like, <laughs> yeah, I kept, yeah. And I was at that's the, the point. the Goggins mentality. Dude, I was screaming it in my truck. Yeah. I was like, it's not over yeah, until. Yeah. And I, I'm sure the guy beside me thought I was listening to like, you know, skill uh slipknot or something like that <laughs> yeah, yeah um but yeah i was i was getting it because i i have this vision in my mind and i'm going mm -hmm. what is the best use of my time yeah especially nowadays because yeah. i'm no longer doing a million right i'm i've way surpassed that yep and how much did you do last year the, coming up to november this year i will in residential sales last year 2022 um 3.1 million in residential sales. And residential where, are you at? where are you at now? I'll do um, 4 million. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 4 million. Man. That's a, that's a great jump. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It's, it's been, it's been crazy. And normally I would never like, I'm not that guy who posts that on social media. Yeah. Well, like, I want, I want people to hear it because oh, you, yeah. you should be very proud of that. And, uh, and I want people to hear that. Absolutely. And, and I'm okay with that. I yeah. just, me, I never wanted to fall into the threshold of what a lot of roofers do. Like, let me post the numbers, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, because I want the focus to be on the grind, not on the, number. the action, the yeah. action. Yeah. And so, and the, I was telling this young lady had wrote me her and her fiance were at a restaurant the other day. She's like, who's the top sales rep at, at, you know, Frazier. Yeah. I was like me, but don't tell anybody. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what that's. Don't yeah, tell yeah. anybody that. Um, I said, I don't, I don't need that to be the image. I want to be what I help people to be more of the image. Yeah. But what I was saying is when you get to that level, there's not time. Yeah. Dude, every hour I, I almost, I make a joke that. I feel like all my homeowners text me between seven and 12, 12 a.m. at like in the, at midnight mm -hmm. because that's when they're off work and I'm working throughout the day. So it's like a 24 hour job. It's yeah. intense. Mm -hmm. It's emotionally intense. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the Christmas party last year and you were there. Yeah. Um, someone said, man, what's your goals next year? Do you want to hit this? I'm like, heck no. I was like, that's, I'm, I'm buried now. No, I've still beat it. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I did more than what I, what they had guesstimated to do. But I said, I'm fine with that if it equals less customers. <laughs> yeah. Well, also what you most likely did is you learned a lot about, you know, what was required at that level last year and you optimize your process. Absolutely. Everybody's got a process. Fraser Roofing has a process as to how they build. You they know, do. they have a training process. They have a process for every single thing that I've seen. I mean, they're, the, they're some of the most process oriented companies that I've ever dealt with for sure. I will tell you this and to any roofer out there thing. watching. Yeah. I will only work for the best. Yeah. And I don't mean that I'll insult on anybody. Yeah. I did my research yes. when I chose to partner with Frazier. Yeah. They are the best roofing I company, know. hands down. I know. It's ridiculous. It's not, it's not even a question. I don't yeah. care if you're like, oh, we do $100 million, all yeah. this crap. It's a mess. Dude, it's always a mess. mess. Huh? There's nothing like the systems yeah. of Frazier. Yeah. Nothing like the culture. Yeah. 
debt-free, the encouragement, and I make, I make the comment all the time. Dom has never once ever called me about a roof. Yeah. Never. Yeah. That man calls me once a day or more, and it's always about how can I pray for you? Yeah. What can I do to encourage you? Mm-hmm. Can I run an appointment for you so you spend more time with your daughter? Yeah. Um, that man literally showed up to court in my corner with a handful mm-hmm. of Frazier guys when I went to get more custody of my daughter. Mm-hmm. And his, because the motto is faith, family, Frazier roofing. Mm-hmm. It's an order. Yeah. And he's even last night, hey man, let's get dinner. What can we do? Hey, can yeah. you do this podcast tomorrow? You're like, you're my guy for that. That's the kind of calls. It's always encouragement. It's yeah. always uplifting. It's always creating the atmosphere he wants for his guys here. And that's just who he is. It's authentic. Of course. And that's yeah. what makes it so rare is that, the fact that it's right. authentic. That is right. You know, I worked for a roofing company in the past that it wasn't authentic. It yeah. was, you know. We're, I don't even hear from those people today. That's never going to happen. Yeah, Dom's always going to be there, and, yeah. I, and I got his back always. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, the podcast isn't about Fraser Roofing, but we I've done this is the fourth one I've done. I did one impromptu uh, yesterday, and then I wanted to get Connie and and Dom and Sarah together. You know, yeah. uh, just just to just to share that story. Even you know, the, the podcast is about your mind. You know, getting over things and and having a great mindset and. uh and theirs is some of the best that I've seen. You know, I just wanted to get it on camera and get it out to people, you know. It's unique. Because, I, yeah, I don't see enough of it. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I both know, you know, we've dealt with other uh, construction companies, many other con- companies. And, um, and whether it's roofing or anything else, you know, um, uh, like Dom said uh, in his podcast, you know, um, if you want to be the best, you've got to learn from the best. And you've got to see that happen. And that's one of my goals of of this conversation with you is that I perceive you as being, uh, if not the best, one of the best, you know, in what Thank you, you what you do. You know, I don't I'm not with you every day, but I know the signs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I want people to see that no matter what business they're in, you know, uh, success and uh, and doing the right thing and living a fulfilled life leaves clues. And if there's a trail of mess uh, uh, behind you in, in destroying relationships or having bad relationships or all of these things, um, that's not a sign of, uh, of a fulfilled life and a, and a state of mind that, that produces positivity across all the spectrums. And uh, what these guys do is they do it the right way. No matter how much work it takes, you know, they do it the right way. I see holes in so many different organizations. Oh, yeah. Like everybody says, talks about their culture whether it's roofing or any company, you know? Um, but if the leaders and the people involved aren't living that day to day and having those principles, um, uh, it shows, you Print, know what I mean? It does. And I will say this and I'll brag on, it's more than Dom and Sarah. It's also Connie for sure. and the staff. For sure. And for sure. I've had jobs. It's all the way down. All the way down. And if you don't fit that threshold, you just don't come here. Yeah. We don't care if you bring in 40 million a year. Yeah. A lot of companies, they will sign everything away for That's someone who does that. Most. Most will. Yep. Okay. And they'll, 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 they'll put their, what their ideas of their business to, to the wayside. Absolutely. They trade it. They trade mm-hmm. it ultimately. And it's cool because like people like Chuck Thoki and Nathan Tobito, if you follow them, they mm-hmm. preach against that contractor coach pro and all yeah, that jazz. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they actually preach like, Hey, look, your top rep is not worth, you know, the chaos in your, in your business. Yeah. Um, so I've had a job here that brought in a ridiculous amount of profit one time and it wasn't intentional. It just did. And 
I call Connie. I'm like, hey, this is, you know, really high profiting job. You know, what are your thoughts? Here was like some type of situation where uh, we got a supplement on a job that exceeded more than what we should have gotten on it. Yeah. So Connie goes, and Connie and Sarah both, I don't want this to come back and bite us in any any particular way. If it comes out that we profited too much, he goes, give it to the homeowner. Mm -hmm. Don't even take it. Give it to the homeowner. Most companies be like, heck yeah, I made this much profit. And the sales guys are going, I made $20,000 on a deal or I made $40,000 yeah, on a deal. Yeah, I would go ahead and say 99.9% Absolutely. of all companies uh, yeah. would do that. Absolutely. That's a wild story, man. And they will say, nope, ain't worth it. I don't care. It's going to come back three years, four years, whenever it's going to come. I don't want it. It's because they know that they're not concerned with what other people know. Because you and I both know that they could get away with that. Oh, easily. Uh, of course. It would it almost even, would probably never come back. And I'm a lawyer. Yeah. And legally they would probably be fine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I know the supplementing process, you know, depending on the circumstances, they probably would have been legally fine too. You know, yeah. it's well within their rights to to make that profit. But they're not concerned with that. They're concerned with their conscience uh, and their relationship with their higher power, God. Absolutely. Because God does now. Absolutely. Know? And they know that and they live that. And they're also thinking, you know, this homeowner What's the reaction going to be? Because the job was a big job. I mean, yeah. it was a nice one. Yeah. And that homeowner also owns a hundred houses, that particular house, that particular homeowner. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they got a lot of friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're also doctors. Like yeah, they, yeah. they are established and it's going not just ethically. Where is your win on the background? What does a homeowner think when you got him a brand new roof and you go, oh, here's a such and such check that we got paid too much. Here you go. Yeah. How do they see you? They are probably shocked and pass out from yeah. shock. Absolutely. Because <laughs> they never I mean? see that. No. 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 You know, no. you think you know, even most doctors are not saying this is this person's, you know, mentality. But if, you know, when the moment they see that insurance, you know, that's yeah. covering it, mm -hmm. costs are completely different. Yeah, I've, yeah, I have yeah. paid the difference between cash pay and insurance. Yeah. <laughs> cash pay is a lot less than insurance pay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot less. And so um, even them, like, that'd be that'd be shocking to see mm -hmm. in that industry. Oh, yeah. you don't know this, et cetera, et cetera. But in the case of, you know, honesty and integrity – that's where I'm gonna. You're, that's where you're gonna find me. Yeah, is because it aligns with my with my beliefs. Yeah, and that's and that's actually why I came here. I looked at Dom, and I asked him. My first, I kind of interviewed Dom. That yeah. was my as a sales rep. You should interview the company working that you're gonna go work for. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it goes both ways. It does. And a lot of guys don't see it that way. They don't see themselves as a business. They don't see them. You're interviewing who you want to represent you. Yeah. And we see it so backwards. Yeah. Okay. You are a business, and I made this comment because um, Tim, uh, Tim Brown owns Hook Agency, if you're familiar. And I said, just like a company hiring Hook Agency to bring them leads, mm -hmm. okay? They're hiring you and your company to bring them leads. Yeah. Now, you may be on the doors, you may be on social media. They're hiring your business, aka me, I'm Fox Roofing, yeah. to bring them those additional sales. Mm -hmm. Now, Jacob Fuchs owns Fox Roofing, yeah. but they're hiring Fox Roofing. That's who my check is made to, yeah. to do that. Yeah. And so I interviewed Dom. I said, Dom, what would you do in this situation? And it was a situation I was in with another roofing company. His response to me, I'll never forget it. I was sitting in a gas station parking lot. And he goes, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't be a situation. What do you mean? That yeah. doesn't exist here. Yeah. And when I asked Dom for the job, he goes, why would you want to work for me? And it wasn't as a question as in, who he was, he was like, you're established. People know who you are. Why would you not want to take advantage of that and go do your own thing? Yeah. And he wasn't trying to recruit me. He was kind of figuring out why he was kind of confused by it. Yeah. And I said, Dom, 
I see the integrity of your company and I see that you're more morally faithful and I don't want to be the author of my life. His yeah. response to me was hired. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I told him, I was like, dude, this is, this is what you represent and everything I hear about you from other people is this is who you are. It's deep down rooted in you. And I have to surround myself with that to be my ultimate self. Yeah. And I feel like the more you surround yourself with people that are like-minded in your circle, the more that you can develop into that because your circle can drag you down or bring you up or leave you stagnant. And stagnant is still going down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Very interesting, man. These are things that I know already, you know, yeah. but it's that I just want people to hear it. Um, let's see, man. What do you think, you know, you know, in your entire life, you know, uh, looking back on everything, um, what was some of the hardest things you've had to do or decisions you've had to make? And, and, you know. I want to get into the deeper stuff. Oh man, you know what we, I mean. We can go. I'm a, I'm an open book, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get into the deeper stuff. I want I want people to see how you uh, have solved big problems in your life, big issues in your life. You know, Ooh, because okay. that's that's the stuff that people need help with, and mm -hmm. that's what this is about. It's not. A, this is not about roofing. You know yeah. what I mean? Who, um, real vulnerable guys. I'll I'll tell you what. I'm an open book. So I was actually. I was married for seven, eight years. Yep. Um, to a very wonderful, wonderful lady. Yeah. Um, you know, I one thing I believe in is she's my child's mom. Yeah. And I believe no parent should ever speak foul on the other parent. Yeah. Okay. I believe that. That's, that's about the child's say, upbringing. Man. That's good to say. And that's who I choose to be. Yeah. And even if I wanted to, I got nothing to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good person. Yeah. Really mean that. Yeah. Um. And. But I got married really young. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, it's not an excuse. It just talks about immaturity. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I did not have my own identity. Mm -hmm. All right. I was figuring me out. Yeah. And I think I got lost in my first sign of success. Yeah. Okay. I never got the cocky part. I got the entitled part. And not within the business, within myself. I convinced myself that I deserved something that wasn't real. Yeah. I convinced myself that um, I wasn't living my best life or that I didn't have it in front of me. And I convinced myself of what the best life actually was, which it's not. Yeah. And I found myself wondering and I wandered myself into an affair. Yeah. I was really dumb. And I had every excuse in the world as to why it was everyone else's fault. Okay. Yeah. My own decisions. And I was just completely blind at that time in my life. And I was self, what's it, what people call like self damaging. I'm not using the word correctly, but mm -hmm. I was, you know, f f self sabotaging is what people yeah. would say. Self sabotaging different areas of my life. And I got to the point of like a deep depression and, um, lack of belief in myself and I and I self-blamed a lot too mm -hmm. I blamed others and I blamed myself and just because I was stuck in this hole and I mean I was so numb to doing things that I normally was able to do and the only thing I knew how to do was work and so I just worked and ignored and buried myself mm -hmm. and work and work and work and image and name and success um, but when it came to my personal time I didn't know how to handle my life mm -hmm. 
I'd lay in bed, get up, walk around the house, two o'clock in the morning, didn't know how to do. I'd pull into a gym parking lot and probably for eight months straight, I stared at the door in my truck for an hour. Couldn't go in, recranked my truck and drove home. Mm-hmm. I was just, I've done that, dude, rough. And that was, um, and then the COVID stuff hit, which, you know, everybody's, you know, everything's closed down. So I found, you know, harder to distract myself from different things. Um, and to the point where I ended up in divorce, I didn't care about chasing and fixing my divorce. Was it probably fixable? Probably, probably. I I would say yes. Um, I bet I didn't care about that at the time. Um, I just kept seeking out my own life and I buried myself in the image I didn't want and women and buying things and traveling. Whatever it took. Whatever it took, dude. Yeah. I was just literally self-sabotaging my life. And in my mind, I had the image that everybody wanted. And yeah. some people bragged about the life that I had. Yeah. Like to Isn't motivate other sales, other sales guys. Isn't that weird? Dude, it's it's gross and weird. Yeah. I remember. It's not a good place to be. Yeah. I wasn't at Frazier. I was with another company. Yeah. They're no longer in business. Yeah. Um, and the owner was bragging on me to the other sales guys. Yeah. And what he said is, man, don't y'all want to be, and this is exactly word for word what he said. He said, don't y'all want to be like Jacob? This man's eating filet mignon every night with a different girl every single day in a different hotel and this and that and the other, making it like it was glorious. Yeah. And I felt yeah. this big yeah. when he said that. He was bragging on me and I felt this big. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? I can't be here. Yeah. I got to get out of this. These people are bragging on this part of my life. Yeah. The part that you despise. The part that I hated deep about down. myself yeah. deep yeah. down. And that's when I made my call to Dom. Yeah. And I said, wow. I can, and I was basically, I can't do this. Um, I had to put myself in a positive environment. And that's also when I met, I had met Katie, my wife at the time. Um, cause I was still dating around different things and you know, I wanted to get better and she had said something that aligned her spirit with where I wanted mine to go. And we went to dinner and she's like, look, I have these principles and this threshold and I have, um, she is like, I believe in saving intimacy to marriage and all this kind of jazz. And I'm going, that's what I need to be around. This is what I align with. And I needed to get out of the life that I was living and literally just kind of leaned on God, leaned around good men that would uplift me and found myself in good company. And that's what I chased after. Yeah. But man, those, those times will absolutely get you down and convince you. And the worst part about it is when you do something bad, you don't feel like you deserve to have anything good. Mm -hmm. I still battle that, but Mm -hmm. I still go. I see my old child's mom and I just want to put my head down because I feel guilt. Yeah. I feel shame. Yeah. And carrying shame is not easy, but I also go a lot of times I battle. Well, don't I deserve to feel shameful? Cause if I don't, am I wrong for not feeling shameful? Yeah. You want to, you want to, you, you want to talk like, about head games, dude. This is uh these are, these are things I've, I've felt too guilt, shame for, for, for things that I've done to I, I feel you. I understand yeah. what you're talking about, but it was, it was really rough yeah. and it's still rough. Like it's yeah. still rough. Like he looks at me and she's like, you've got to let go of this shame. You've got to let go of this guilt. You know, literally I felt so shameful at times when I first got married, I had 
I'd hide my hand behind my back so she, my my child's mom couldn't see the ring on my hand. I was I was embarrassed about the man I used to be, mm-hmm. and it's not that I desired that other relationship back. It was I de- I despised the man I was in it. Yeah. There was, I couldn't drive past a restaurant where I remembered. Oh, I had a nasty argument there. I was really dumb, and I yeah. and I beat myself over it. I replay yeah. conversations in my head. I'm going, who was I? What was wrong with me in that moment? Yeah, things I'm going, man, that actually happened. Yeah, and it's and it's shameful. It's tough. It's hard. It's raw. And also you live in the consequences of it later yeah. because there's times where I don't have my daughter all the way 50, 50. I get a lot more time than I did. And I had a battle for that in court. Um, but I had to go, man, the reason I'm not getting more time is because the decisions I made back then. And she's upset about it. She's hurt about it. And this is my fault that I don't have my daughter at this hour today because something I did four years ago, yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm go- and I go back into self-blame. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people go, "Oh, that's in the past." No, me, me, and I learned this about successful people. I did a podcast. I listened to this podcast the other day, and it said people who are driven and successful always find any failure as their fault. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an accountability. Yes, it's a responsibility. Taking accountability, responsibility, and even when it's not, we still will find a way to fix it and make it better ourselves or what we could do. Yeah. And I've done that with almost every fight in my life. It's like, ooh, I did wrong here. Like, I, what do I do to prevent this? Yeah. Or they wouldn't have said this if I was good enough. They wouldn't have said this if I, even if I had done this, like, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I found myself in that hole. And so that's something that you have to, that you end up battling. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's a battle that I have to go, do I need to live with this? Or is this something that I should not live with? And in every aspect, I like go to gymnastics with my daughter every Monday. She's four. She just turned four last week, and every I, I, I've never missed a doctor's appointment. And I've and if I've ever missed it, if I probably didn't make two gymnastics that I watched on Google Duo, like she'll video and Facetime me, and I get to watch it still, mm-hmm. just because I, I I work average two hours away from where all that takes place. And I made a comment Monday morning before gymnastics to Katie, and I said, sometimes I wonder, do I make every gymnastics for my daughter? Or do I make every gymnastics to prove something to a child's mom to feel good enough today for the mistakes I made in the past? Or do you do it to feel good about yourself? Yeah. That's the third. Thing. Yeah. It's, and it's all of those things. Yeah. It's probably, wouldn't you say? Uh, probably, there's probably, probably a piece of all exactly. those things. Yeah. It's not as simple sometimes as, yeah. as just one thing, you know? Yeah. And I've had to convince myself, like, there's things where I used to want to take off work every single time I had my daughter. Yeah. Every time. But what parent does that? Yeah. Parents go to work. Yeah. You know? And then I had to convince myself, my daughter needs to see a man go to work. Because if all she sees is me at home, what kind of man is she going to marry one day? Yeah. She can marry a bum. Yeah. <laughs> He's playing Xbox at the house yeah. or something like whatever he does. Yeah. She doesn't understand that you, what yeah. you're doing outside of that probably. Yeah. Is Xbox right? still a thing? I wouldn't know. I don't play I video games. wrong <laughs> to ask about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this I is the most games. technology I mess with here. These cameras, <laughs> Dude, I don't. Me too. I was never good at video games, man. I, like my friends used to get, get into yeah. it. I was just, I don't know why. I just, I would play it and I would lose because I didn't play it. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm not uh, doing this, and I, I don't know why. I just yeah. never had a thing for it. Man, I used to. Like when yeah. I was at, when I was like when I was back in my Comcast days, I had so much free time. Me and my yeah. buddy Will. And you were younger too. I was yeah. younger. Yeah, I was yeah, in my yeah, twenty. Yeah. I was like twenty two. You yeah. know, um, it was Call of Duty. Every yeah. day, yeah. every day, <laughs> yeah. and um, that's all. I, that's probably the last game I played. I have like an Xbox in my house that I originally bought so I could do like Netflix on it or something like that. Right. It sits in a cabinet. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if anybody yeah. wants a free Xbox, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, man, it's um, 
what you said is is very true. It's all three of those things many times, and yeah. you have to you have to recognize the things that you don't know about yourself and find them out. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to make a better you. Yeah. And I'm trying to, and I never want to hide my mistakes or my trauma from my child. Yeah. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. A lot of people go, oh, I don't want my kids to know certain things. Yeah. When they reach certain, there's an age appropriate time. Yeah. Okay. But I want my daughter to, because guess what? She's going to make mistakes. Yeah. If I have a son, he's going to make mistakes. Yeah. And if they're foreign and they think they're the only ones making that mistake, yeah. they're going to beat themselves up way more. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. So I try to implement things like where I'm never going to, I'm going to say where I've grown, where I've learned, where I failed, where I've learned to get back up. And I want my kids to know that. You know, there's certain things I didn't know about my parents' past. Some things I probably still don't. And I learned more as I got older. But man, if I was in high school, I'm like, that could have benefited me. That that probably would have benefited me to know back then. And as parents, we think we're protecting our kids. And we can protect so much that we make them soft. You know? And so um, I heard heard a man say this the other day. He goes, he said, what's the best place to raise a kid? He goes, boy or girl? (laughs) He said, "Uh, girl, Dubai. Worst place to raise a man? Dubai. (laughs) He said, it's so safe a man can't be a man. Yeah, he goes. He doesn't learn how to protect and provide in, in care of family. Yeah, it's very safe place. I've very never li- been there. Almost no crime. Yeah, um, almost zero crime. Hmm. Interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Well, that's all good stuff, man. That's that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to talk about because uh, in divorce and, and dealing with those things, uh, man, you know, there's there's not many uh, other challenges besides maybe uh, you know death and uh, dealing with diseases, things like that. That will challenge your mind more than anything, you know. But I think guys like you, guys like me, um, uh, we hold ourselves to a specific standard and we beat ourselves up a lot. Yeah, know? I'm sure you do too. Oh, every every day there's there's a I know. moment. It's and, it, and it's and it's just really, man, it's just unnecessary, really, you know. But we're wired a certain way, you know. Uh, we want to achieve. We want to do big things. We have big dreams. We want to, you know, live not only a fulfilled life but a a big life and all of these things. And uh, and that's something that I'm challenged with every day. I've got to like pump the brakes on myself, otherwise I beat myself up into oblivion, you know, yeah. into an unproductive uh, and. Uh, uh, not good person for the people that are I'm around. Yeah, and I know that that seems like that's kind of what you were describing a little bit. If I if I had to uh, generalize well, everything that you just went through, it's it's really I did things. I'm not proud of some things. Uh, I feel shame because of some things. But I continue on and I deal with that uh, with my mind, with my heart. And uh, I continue on and I continue to get better no matter what those things were. Yeah. You know, is that kind of, do you feel like that's a, a good, uh, you, you nailed ger- it. You nailed yeah, it. I mean, it's, and, and that is a, and what I'm trying to do really is find those common things because it's not something, you're not the only person that goes through that. You know, it's, uh, everybody deals with their problems i feel like and they they look at it in a vacuum and they they think that it's just theirs and oh you and i do this all the time i I tell my wife i was like you can't you don't understand what i'm doing here with this business and this relationship and this that and she's like okay yeah i don't understand you know but i always do that and it's a problem Mm -hmm. but and i identify that but that's because me as an individual i want to look at myself as super unique you know and uh and i'm this i'm that 
Um, but it's just not true. Yeah. There, there's 7 billion people on this earth, and my problems are very similar to, you know, Bo 2.0 across the country. This yeah? is true. And all of these people. We're not the only people going through them. So there's somebody out there, maybe somebody listening to this, who's going through the same problems you are right now. You know, you're dealing with the aftermath of some of those uh, traumatic experiences that you've dealt with. Um, but there's somebody going through them right now. And, uh, it's a good way to bring yourself up in life too, because people go, you don't understand my problem. And I go, I guarantee you yeah. out of 7 billion people, yeah. someone's got your problem or worse and found a way out. Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. And it's hard to hear that because I want to know that my problems are unique to give me an excuse that if I don't overcome those problems, well, that's because no human could. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just not true. You yeah. Know, there's always a way out. And another thing that you said that I, I want to make sure and hammer home is that, you know, it seems like the methodology that you used to get over that, or let's say you're not over it, say you're working towards it because, you know, we, we stay with these things for a long time, right? What you used in that exact space when you felt like you were at your lowest with, with that situation uh, was you changed, you dramatically changed your environment. I had to. You, you, yeah, you, you, you did, but you accomplished it. You yes. know, you didn't see the other environment and then uh, get scared and not do it, right? So you yeah. did take that step into the right direction by changing the people that you were surrounding yourself with. Yeah, I mean, dramatic changes. And one of the biggest ones that I want to encourage some sales guys who listen to this too, I, I, have to, I have a hurdle every day a lot of guys do not have. Someone in this world has it. I can name a very influential roofer who's in the same situation that I am. Um, but I had to change my environment, not just in roofing company. I had to change where I moved. I lived in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I love Atlanta. Yeah. I do, man. I am... Born and raised, we got the best food. We got so many different whoa, cultures. Whoa, okay. I, I, <laughs> funny, whoa. Yeah, I get you. New this Orleans is, over here. This is Louis. New Orleans doesn't have anything in the town that I live in. Yeah, Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay, okay. If you want, if you want real good food from Louisiana, it's Lafayette, New Orleans. Get it. What's your favorite here, food? I have been. I think about that, but I, I don't really know. Like I love, I love steaks. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, a good steak with potatoes, you know, mm. some good That's what I had last potatoes, night. That's what I had last you know? night for dinner. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, that, I like pizza like every other human being. Oh, you're me. Pulse, okay. Um, you know what I realized I, I had it the other day and I was like, you know what? This is going at the list. This is going on the top of the list. It's a, uh, it's, it's pho. You know, uh, Vietnamese food, the the bowl with the the lemongrass, beef broth. uh, I thought that was called pho. Pho. It's pho. No, it's spelled pho. Okay. It's it's pronounced pho. Nice. I learned something new. It is, uh, it's just like... Um, it's so good. It's so aromatic. Doesn't it resemble like a poke bowl? Is that the same thing? No, I okay. don't even really like that. Okay. Poke bowl is going to have some raw fish and stuff like that gotcha. in it. I'm not, I mean, I like sushi, but sushi is one thing I love too. But pho, it's like super aromatic. They have, uh, they, you put uh, fresh basil in it. You put, uh, um, uh, cilantro in it. You put bean sprouts, noodles, uh, brisket slices, you know, I'm Jewish. I love steak. some brisket. Oh man. <laughs> and it's just that, that aromatic bowl. And then you, I, you know, because I like spicy food, I yeah. spice it up a lot. My friend does it crazy. He's demonic with his spicy. <laughs> uh, if he's listening, it's Ryan Gradney. He, oh, he man. makes it, you know, it's regular. Like the broth is, uh, more like a lighter Brown, you know? Yeah. So he's a pepper it, belly. Is, oh yeah. This dude, is on another level. That's like, cr- That's it's, how I was it's, growing it's, up. It's D 
deep red. It's deep maroon oh, when he's man. done with it. And I take <laughs> one bite. I'm like, I, I, it messes me up. But those are those are the things I like. But I call I, that once upon a time in my life I could do that. Yeah, the, and those are like traditional foods. But as far as the Cajun foods goes, uh, boiled crawfish is one of my favorite uh, mm-hmm. things ever too. When I hear of Louisiana, I think of crawfish, and it's incredible yeah. if you do it right. I mean, it's it's you have to show me because I'm not a seafood guy. Anything that lives in the water, I'm not typically going to touch it. Well, I'm not. I, I'm not as pumped, obviously, about seafood. Nothing I just listed is, you yeah. know. Um, but crawfish is completely different. Have you ever been to uh, like a like a legit crawfish boil? I have. You have? Oh, where, yeah. where was it? Here? Okay. Um, so we have... I'm, I'm sus if it was here. Okay, so know. there's a very popular place that people love in Atlanta, and it's called... Oh, man, I just skipped my mind. Like the Juicy Crab. And yeah, that's yeah. very much like that. Okay. I mean, it's okay. wild in there. Um, and then I have been to tailgate parties where these roofers will do a crawfish mm-hmm, crawl and they mm-hmm. do all that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, those might be good yeah and those are those have been some pretty wild ones like hey, let's say we're going to like a tailgate party for georgia versus florida and mm-hmm, i've gone to mm-hmm. those kind of crawls those are big yeah, deals yeah, yeah, yeah. and so i've tried those yeah, you know yeah. and so um i'm i'm pretty basic like me if it's tacos pizza burgers uh, steak and yeah. potatoes that is me oh yeah wings well we both we uh we both are no stranger to the diet world yeah so we appreciate kind of the basic uh macros oh, of the yeah. whole thing we've got to have our protein and stuff like yeah. that uh so we we naturally probably have a similar palate but that uh that cr- uh, boiled crawfish if you do it right we do we do one for my birthday every year you know a family one yeah. and then uh if you go to uh lsu games they'll have it there but i mean we have like in my town um when it's crawfish season there's like probably probably four different places that you can buy boiled crawfish from restaurants yeah like within a half mile of my house you know they're all like that you can drive there's drive throughs Oh, you wow. drive through. That's wild. Yeah, you drive through. They're like a daiquiri shop slash uh, boiled crawfish, and you there's a line out the, you know, a quarter mile down, and yeah. they're just pumping it out. That's wild. It's crazy, and they're yeah. really good. Yeah. So you know, growing up, I'm I've always been a city guy, mm-hmm. but for me to make the environmental changes and show something for myself, yeah. I had to move to Thomaston, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a away. Okay, this where is, is that? How, so, how far away is that? Two hours. Two hours, okay. Yeah, it's two hours from here. And I, so I drive to this office two hours. And we have five Georgia offices. Yeah. But this is the main one where the people I work with are going to pretty much be at. Yeah, sure. Um, that I, my production team, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I don't have to come to the office too often. I can do most things from my home or on the road at my clients' houses. Mm-hmm. Um, but two hours away. So part of that sacrifice is making that haul. I had a show. I was going to buy a house here. I was going to bring life here. Uh, I mean, I go to church there. Everything I do is part of that environmental change. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I tell guys, I'm like, guys, you can do it. Like you can hit certain numbers and you can do certain things. And you can make certain sacrifices, whether it's to get the outcome you want, get the time with your daughter and more time with your family that you want, getting the sales that you want. And I show the sales thing. I'm like, I tell sales guys, you get four more hours than I get every day mm-hmm. four more you know what i could do bo with four additional hours in my day that i spend driving to and from work well if you just look at the percentages uh, you can you can kind of figure that out yeah so i i promise you it's it's another million yeah guarantee it yeah um and so i tell guys all the time like no matter what your goal is but what's more i've never been a money chaser never have been i always people go well you're a high producer i'm like don't confuse productivity with being hungry for money yeah I, I'm a performer. Yeah. Okay. I don't care. I don't really care about the money. I showed a guy that he asked me, one of my sales guys, not sales guys, one of my project managers the other day, he said, Jacob, can I see your house? 
Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, it's pretty, pretty simple and basic. He's yeah. like, no, let me, let me see it. Yeah. Cause he knows what I perform at. And I show him my house. Yeah. He's like, no, bro, that's my house. Yeah. And I was like, bro, that's my house. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a flashy, never been, you're not going to, I'm not that roofer rocking the Rolexes and the Richard Millie on my arm. Like that's yeah, yeah. never been me. I'm like, I'm wearing jeans and no bulls and a yeah. polo. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a need to do all that. Um, because my priorities are different. Like, and so, um, so you got to make, you got to make where I pour that, I pour those funds into like the things that are the most important in my life. And that's into having, having the gas to go back and forth and having a home there for my daughter to feel like she's at home and making it an environment where that is an exciting place for her to come home to and call home and making sure I can invest into my, the other sales guys to give them the best life and the best outcome and those type of things. Um, so there are, man, there are sacrifices in different areas of life where you have to prioritize your goals to hit them. And for me to get to where I had to get to today, I had to change so much of that environment. Now I still go to Atlanta every day. I still get to eat good food, um, but man, it is it'll it'll tug on you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate it, man. We uh we covered a lot of stuff. I feel like we got to know you a lot more. Um, and uh, and just like I've been doing on the other podcast to kind of close it down, I want you to kind of think about somebody that is going through a similar problem or issue or challenge in their life that you have experienced, like, like what we talked about, maybe the divorce, maybe these challenges with, you know, the shame because of that, the trauma because of that, because there's going to be somebody out there who's dealing with those same problems. So uh, if you want to send them off and kind of just tell them what you think the best way to get over those challenges in their mind is we already talked about finding yourself or finding a better environment to get into but if you could maybe elaborate on that or or really uh, uh, um, identify something some methodology uh, that these people can use to overcome those challenges that would be helpful to everybody so number one thing is you're never too far gone you're never too far gone and there was a lie that I believed in myself, that I believed I wasn't good enough to get back to the life that I originally had. And that's been in many avenues of my life. There is, um, I do go to church, and there's this 14 or more years ago, and I remember I didn't take communion because I said, if your heart's not right, and I felt like at that point, like I wasn't right. Yeah. And I convinced myself I shouldn't do it because I felt so bad about myself. Yeah. And that kept me bound and tied down to living in the identity of guilt for so long. Don't let others make the identity for you. Be who you truly know you can be and ignore the words, ignore the judgment and keep focused on the on the goal and I promise you you'll get there. And you'll feel pain. It'll last. It can last. Some people are lucky and they can get through it quick. Some people you you have to wear it a part of you every day, but it do not let it become identity to you. Because someone else needs to sometimes see you go through that to make their life a better self. And you are going to be an encouragement to so many people down the line that you need to help. It could be your child. It could be your future son or daughter-in-law. It could be a friend. It could be a neighbor. It could be a boss. It could be a coworker. But it's, you're not a mistake. You never have been. You were born with a purpose. You were born with a drive. And you are here for a reason and at the right time. No matter what you have done, 
God did not stop giving you breath today, and it's because he has a purpose for your life. Yeah. Excellent, man. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on and, of course. Uh, and chatting with us. Good Absolutely. to see you, man. Good to see you, bro. Good to see you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. This won't be the last time. Oh, no. You. It was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Life is one big head game.